Hey everyone, so welcome to the DNC Marketing Podcast. Today, Darian and I are going to be discussing the idea of uh, just kind of plain old looking stupid in front of the camera and uh, how that's definitely going to be halting your business. Looking stupid. So I tell you all the time that you just need to go live, Julio. Just do it. Just go live. Just, just make a video. It. Just do it. Just do it. It's not a big deal. Just learn coding. Just do it. Just Why can't you do it? Just get on camera and start creating content because we need content. And then I went live last week after a very long time of us not putting out content. How long? Oh, weeks, months. Yeah. I mean, serious content, probably a year because we've been rebranding, reworking the course. I put out serious content. I mean, like consistently. You, You did it consistently for a little while there in between and... We just we haven't had time to sit down and go over a plan because we were creating DNC Marketing Course 2.0. We were setting up these master classes. We've had an influx of clients and services and coaching, and we have just not had time. Well, and the reality is, I think even more than that is, we are no longer holding together a duct tape business. Yeah. So there is so much more strategy and so many more things to implement and so much more time. Um, that is taken up in order to kind of have our hands in every piece of the pie, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's content creation, videos, audio, podcasts, um, videos for the course, you know, that need to constantly be, not constantly, but at least, you know, once or twice a year need to be updated for new material. Um, you know, now we're deciding to provide master classes. Um, and that's, you know, it's just, it's a lot. And then to add to that, you have a full-time job, you know, yeah. since you're in the military. Um, we have a son. We are trying desperately to not be shitty parents. So we need to, you know, I don't know. We need, we need to make sure that we're together with him and that we're not just in the same living room, but that he's playing on his own or on a tablet or something while we're working. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's just a lot of stressors. Now, you know, that wasn't that bad when he was a baby because he was a baby, right? You right. kind of tell yourself like oh it's no big deal he's, he's little everything you give him a spatula and he's happy for like you know 45 minutes and right. he's just like oh my god this put on is a little amazing. educational thing and teach him how to speak and say right yeah. yeah at least with that you can, you can justify have a, it exactly you can have a video of abcs and stuff and you're like oh, okay cool he can watch that for three hours straight and he's quote unquote learning right, right. but um now you know it's like oh okay i'm gonna let him watch you know fucking youtube for three hours and uh, he's all he's learning is um, how to act like one of those idiots on YouTube, right? You know, like doing a bunch of stupid stuff and getting. Uh, it's just it's 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 not the route I want to go as a parent. Right. Not and to discredit anybody who needs to go that route because you're just you're super busy. You're working two jobs, whatever the case is. Right. But, Every family is different. Everybody has to make their own way. Right. I. We have felt parental judgment before, and we don't like it. We don't like to dish that out. So, like, yeah, to each their own. Everybody's family's got to work its own way. And what we have discovered is that going from a business that earns good money to a six-figure business requires a lot more strategy. Yeah. It requires you to think not just a few pieces ahead, but the whole chess game. Right. In order to make sure everything is as cohesive as possible and everything plays in perfectly with your schedule and with timing and with offers. And, and re- I think the reality is too that if we if we were just doing a six figure business, then it's it wouldn't be all that difficult because it's really more of a matter of 
um, content creation, getting yourself out there and just doing the damn thing. Yeah. But we are planning for a seven figure business. Yeah. We are strategizing. We are thinking 15 moves ahead in order to figure out, okay, if we decide to go this route, this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen or could happen. And, you know, in five years time or 10 years time, will that aid us in our want for, you know, to, to build our own little empire to, yeah. to, and really it's not even about us, right? I mean, we're trying to help people. So it's more like, can we sustainably help people by doing it this way? Yeah. And we find that a lot of the answers is no, because it's just too much stress. It's too much work. It's too much, um, it's just too much. Disorganization. Like the secret, the secret is systems and hiring people. And making sure you have those systems in place when you hire people. And we can we can fight about this on a different podcast because I know how you feel about systems and organization. But that's in order to be 15 steps ahead and understand that strategy for the year, for the next several years, there have to be processes in place. You need people to help you. Like There's just, it is a whole nother level. Yeah. And for the record... <laughs> Even though, sure, we can certainly get into it any other time. What I'm, what I tell you is not that I'm against systems. It's that I mean, I under, I'm not an idiot. I understand that you know if we can streamline things and you know if we have an HR packet for an employee, like it's better to do that than just like have random files throughout the computer and hope to God that I have everything correct um, and not get sued to oblivion or something. Like I understand that. There needs to be a system in place. What I get frustrated with is the level of the system. Okay, I, I, you, I am hyper... Okay, I have a want to be hyper-organized. That doesn't mean I am actually organized. It is a chaotic organization. And I think that's what annoys you. Um, well, kind of. I mean, so this is the same problem I had... Um, you know, when I would be in, like, retail stores or whatever. It was... We would have a, like a, a task list, right? Like t today, you know, like the manager or whatever, um, or even when I had to go into management and I was running my own store and stuff, like I had to do the same thing where I was like, all right, today we have to create a task list because that's what corporate wants, right? This is what the corporate offices want. This is what the regional managers want or the district managers or whatever. Like we need to create a task list and it's going to have 40 lines. And what they want to see when they come to visit is every single line filled out. And I had a really big problem with that because to me it was a complete waste of time. Because it's not was, your style of organization. It's not. My thing was like, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to say three things. We need to, as an example, stock shelves or whatever. We need to dust. We need to vacuum because the, the, you know, the store looks like shit right now. We need to do all this before the customers come in. That's why we show up an extra hour or two hours early, whatever, right? And I need to be in the back doing inventory. Or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. Um, that's how I do it. But what what other people do, what you do, what um, you know, the the company wanted to do was like because you need forty lines filled, you need to be. You're like, okay, well, I would like to make um, fill up the sugar packets by the coffee, and then make coffee. And then change filter in coffee. Then wash the coffee bowl. And I'm just like, fuck that. And you're like, no, make coffee. That's it. That's your one line. You should be able to figure out 
how to do everything else just by context. You look, there's no sugar. Filled up the fucking sugar. Like, it, I don't... That's what I have a problem with, and that's what I get annoyed with whenever you're like, okay, Julio, just... Yeah, let's structure this out, and okay, so now we're going to make sandwiches at 11.30, okay? And they're going to be ham and cheese. Do we have ham? I'm like, uh, I don't know. We have fucking bologna or something. And you're like, oh my god. Well, I decided ham and cheese, so now we need to go to the store and make ham and cheese. I'm like, why? Why couldn't we make bologna and cheese? Mm. Like, that's... And that's a kind of a... That's not an example that you've ever actually done, but that's how it feels to me as far as, like, contextually... It's just, it's overboard. Yeah. And it just stresses me out more, and it just annoys me more. When I just need a big, general task. Yeah. I need to edit audio and video. Cool. I got it. You know what I'm saying? But if yeah. it's like, I need to edit audio and video, and then it's like, edit all these audio clips, and you name them all out. Edit all these video clips, and you name them all out. For you, that makes you, I guess, feel good. You're like, oh, okay. Because you get to see one individual item, and you get some sort of high from creating a check mark. So the more check marks, the better. Yeah. For me, the the more there is to check, the more overwhelmed. overwhelming yeah. it looks. And so I just... I, I just I get frustrated and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. I just, you know. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Because I've created tasks for myself and giant projects that I get overwhelmed because I have put too much into it. But the whole like need to itemize every single audio clip that needs to be edited helps me create a timeline, right? So working backwards, we want to launch our first masterclass, for example. In, on September 2nd. Okay, well, we need copy for landing pages, sales pages. We need the email series created. We need um, the freebies created and the funnels for those. We need to create ad copy, like all these things. And we don't, we can't do all of it ourselves. So now we also have to assign those to our team members. Now I have to give projects to the team members and assign deadlines that are before when it needs to be done so that I can see it, check over it, make sure it's exactly what we want, and then implement it into what we have. So all of those things have deadlines throughout and by itemizing things and knowing how long they take, I can create a timeline that makes sense instead of like, let's just work on this piece by piece until every piece is done, but we don't know when it will get done. So we don't know if we're gonna make our timeline and we don't know how fast we need to work. I, I understand the benefit to that. I can, I can see it, like I'm not, you know, uh... I'm not so stuck in my ways that I think that my way is the only way. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, it's, it just goes back to what we teach, right? The, the DNC uh, marketing personality sales system. Yes. It, it just holds true. Like, I'm just not. For sure. Even though you say all that, and it does make sense. Uh, you know, like, it just, but at the same time, I'm just like, it's just, it's too. Too much. It's not me, right? Like, I love it or hate it. I'm just. I, I will still try my damnedest to get to that deadline date, but I just don't want to write down everything in the most minute detail where you, that's just my personality, right? right? That's you, the otter, right? That's the otter in you. Because uh, it's kind maybe. of the overwhelm, right? Like an otter is going to be super overwhelmed by that. I don't know. beaver is just going to get like happy tingles all over to see that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's definitely the beaver part of you coming out. But like, I think, I don't know if it, I would say it's the otter or if it's the, it probably, it might be a mix between the otter and the lion because the lion part of me, which is more, you know, uh, alpha or demanding or, you know, I don't know, however you want to describe it. Um, I think that's the part of me that's just like, I want to just do 
just give me one big task and leave me alone. Yeah. And I'll figure it out, th figure out the rest. Right? right. And I need to control, right? The beaver needs to control. I need to control the project. So I need to know when you've completed things every step of the way. And it's so hard for me to let go of control and trust that you're going to complete the project in a timely manner to specs and everything. And just trust that like you're an intelligent human being who knows how to manage your own time. Yeah. And then, but the lying part of me, because it's the part of me that is more boss like is also like don't you know don't don't talk to me about that like don't, don't micromanage yeah me. don't micromanage me leave me alone you said to hold me to do this I'll, I'll do it i'll yeah. do it when i have the opportunity to do it right now i'm doing something else yeah you know like that's that's that part of me and then i mean but to add what you were saying i mean i can certainly see otter too right that because they want fun and they want freedom and just to like oh man you know and i want that too i want to be able to go to the gym you know and, and box or lift or whatever and uh and in order to do that and feel like i have time to you know cook and i have time to to hang out with dom and to do a bunch of other things like when you give me this giant list it just feels like okay so i'm not going to be able to work out this entire week mm -hmm. and you know and so it adds to the idea of me being like, man, this sucks. This is terrible. I hate this. You know, so if I'm if I'm sitting there and I'm doing it, it just adds to that overwhelm for me. Yeah. And I, I, again, I completely understand and agree with the idea that that it's not necessarily the best course of action. That my way isn't the best way to do it. And um, I would, for some people, maybe your way is not the best way to do it. So, you know, I think it's just going to be one of those things that we just have a constant struggle on. Right. I think it's... we have two diff completely different management styles. Yeah. Yeah. And and working together, both bosses trying to manage each other with completely different managed style management styles, that's where we butt heads most often. Yeah. And then managing team members, like, they're, that's what we work on is creating some kind of consistent style and how we communicate with people, how we assign tasks you know what we say to them it's it's a new process yeah i think um i don't know i i think as far as that goes you know it's it's okay i think that there's some benefit to us being different mm -hmm. because we we force ourselves to see our each other's weaknesses and each other's strengths and it also helps us adapt because you know you kind of get used to things. You get to you start to get used to things being a certain way. And you yeah. get used to things being like, all right, cool. So this is something I need to do. This is something I need to work on. This is something I could do better because I see that the other person is doing it, and where I'm failing, they are uh, succeeding. Mm -hmm. So you know it it can lead to its own benefits for sure. It's just you know my stubbornness <laughs> basically. Um, but you know that. It's also difficult when we're not just business partners. You know, yeah. we're in a relationship. So, uh, as much as we try to segment our lives in that way or compartmentalize, you know, there's always going to be some bleed over. Right. There's always going to be a little bit where, yeah, we need to shoot videos. Yeah, we need to do the podcast. Yeah, we need to, you know, do whatever it is that we need to do. But at the same time, I'm pretty annoyed with you because you know like you didn't do the dishes and right I asked like you. i asked you to do the god you know yeah exactly so it, it's difficult to separate that yeah so there's some bleed over and so then there's and then there's different parenting styles we have very different parenting styles as well i don't know if i would say very different parenting styles i would say different probably i'm more of a hard ass but i don't 
I don't know if I would say very different. Like, it's not all that vastly different. We're well, still... we've had six years to practice, so we've, we're kind of uh, on the same page now. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, generally speaking, it's just, uh, there's there's the personality, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, it's proof positive of what we try to push, or not push, but what we try to explain to people um, whenever they talk to us, whether it's on coaching calls or whatever, like, it's it's... It's, it's part of the missing piece of the puzzle for most people is to understand mm-hmm. that not everybody is you. Yeah. And sometimes the people that you're in a relationship with are opposites. And if you want it to work, because it's, it's going to be work, you need to figure out how to communicate with them. You need to figure out when to, um, you know, basically shut up and just take the loss, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Like, just without necessarily feeling like you need to shut up all the time and you're being submissive or you're you're feeling um oppressed oppressed exactly uh and it's the exact same thing with your customers right because your customer relationship is still a relationship yeah you got to figure out who you're talking to how to sell to that person um and and that's a difficult thing for a lot of people because you're not face to face you can't Mm -hmm. there's no body language to read if it's online um, there's no tone in the voice. You can't tell if people are being, are being sarcastic. You know, like it's, it's vastly different. Right. And these personalities will tell you what people, what those personality types value, which is why, which is how you can get in front of objections and how you should structure your copy and the kind of content you're putting out there, how you go live. And it also helps your voice come through. Cause if you understand your personality type, right, that's your voice. That tells you how to be consistent with that voice. Yeah. And if you understand your customer's personality type, you know if your voice is going to translate or if you need to hold back or if you need to push forward and what you even need to say, how you're supposed to communicate, even using your own voice, but how you're supposed to communicate in a way they appreciate because a customer wants to be sold to, somebody Mm. who's interested in your product, if they're on your website, they're interested, they appreciate being sold to. It's just how you sell to them. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so the whole podcast was supposed to be about looking stupid. Do we look stupid? A little bit. <laughs> we but got off topic quite a bit. That's okay. Because, you know, this is what we've been up to, right? This is what we've been up to for so long. This is why we've been so radio silent. And this is what we're really excited to reveal is this whole new strategy, this whole new thing that we can show everybody, this whole new way we can teach these personality types that we've never seen before in sales and marketing the way we do it, that solves so many problems new entrepreneurs and even experienced entrepreneurs have in communicating with their customers. And if if you don't think communicating with your customers is important, like you don't have a business because it's like the number one thing. And so sometimes other things take a back seat, like going live. And forgetting how to go live and feeling like I'm not, I don't have makeup on, I'm going to look stupid, which was the whole point and what I was starting to talk about in the beginning was when I had started to go live last week, I was all makeup up because we were shooting video. I felt great. But then those days I wasn't wearing makeup. I was like, well, I could go put makeup on or I could keep working. I really need to go live. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. We're in Hawaii though. So like later is like super late everywhere else. Yeah. It's all difficult, especially when you're putting your face out there. Mm. You know, a lot of that, that's one of the biggest things that people are struggling with today. And I got to gotta admit, I mean, it's a struggle for me too, just because, not because I'm necessarily scared of the camera, 
but for whatever reason when I'm in front of a camera I get blank like I just I, I, I don't know what to say I mean how many times have we say all right today all right Darian what are we talking about okay we're gonna start a let's do let's record the welcome video for our course all right ready let's let's go and uh, hit play hit record ready to go I'm staring at the camera and I look at you and I'm like what are we doing <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I don't know Every why. Time. I don't know why. It's just, it's complete blank. Yeah. And it's not that I'm scared of it. I don't have an adrenaline rush. I'm not, like, sweating. and like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But there is a pressure but there. But there's just something about it where I'm looking at it. I think it's because it's not a person, yeah. right? And it's because I know in order to be, to connect via camera, I have to, like, look at the lens, mm -hmm. right? And, I, and I'm not sure if you notice this, but when I talk... I tend to look off yeah. places and that's just my brain figuring out what the hell it's about to say yeah. and I don't know why it does that but it does that so when I'm on camera it's hard for me to just focus on one specific small little lens yeah and then talk to that thing and let my brain keep rambling because it's like it's like I'm not just controlling the words that are coming out I'm controlling my eyes I'm having to focus my eyes my body I don't want to create a lot of noise. I don't, you know, like I don't There's want to, to accidentally about. burp. I don't want to accidentally, I, I have a nose whistle apparently, <laughs> you know? So like that was one of the most frustrating things to find out the very first time we recorded. It was like a two hour video where I'm talking about, I don't remember what the hell I'm talking about, but it was like a two hour video for our course. And I'm, I'm doing all this and Darian and I are talking. And every time I would shut my mouth and Darian would start talking, I'd have my mouth closed because I purposely don't want to be a, a mouth breather. <laughs> and you can hear this stupid whistle every time I <laughs> every time I inhaled. And it was the worst. And it's just something that was just completely audible. Like there's no getting around it. And if so. you're a member of our course, just feel free to take a look at the branding video. Oh, no, do that. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a goddamn train passing <laughs> through every time Darian talks. It's so annoying, but um, you know, I don't know. I may, maybe no one's noticed it, but I sure I sure noticed it when I was editing. And, and that's the uh, thing, right? You will notice so much, especially yeah. you're the you're the video editor. So not only do you notice it when you play it back, especially when you're looking at yourself. I hate watching myself. I hate the sound of my own voice. I hate the certain certain characteristics and things that I do. I just nobody likes to see themselves the way other people see them because. It, I don't know, it probably rocks some kind of version of myself I think I am. But then you have to go through and you have to edit all of the little mistakes and things out. And that takes a lot of time. And now you're mad at yourself because you're like, I could have avoided this. I could have stopped this. And now I've got to spend an extra hour editing out a nose whistle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's no... For that, there's no editing it out because you were, you were talking. So it's not like I could even manipulate the audio. We're talking out of one one source one mic so like that's it there is nothing else to it it's either reshoot the whole video or just let it ride and see how many complaints we get how many noise violation complaints we get and how many have we gotten how many complaints have we gotten on any of our videos we've ever put out in the history of us uh I don't zero think, yeah maybe we've gotten zero so and that that's a big point is as nervous as and i'm still nervous to go live especially like I love brand cohesion because it's another pattern for me to follow, right? That beaver in me loves those patterns. 
if I am not following the pattern and I am going, I'm coloring outside the box now, like not wearing makeup on a live video, very small thing, but it's outside the pattern. Now I'm nervous. Now I'm not following the strategy, the process. And so I can't predict what's going to happen now. Hmm. So that's where I get nervous, but nobody would notice, right? I, I've gone live without makeup before. Nobody says a thing. Nobody notices. It's not a point of discussion. What's a point of discussion? Discussion is the content. Whatever I'm talking about, whatever the point is we're making in those videos is what people care about. Yeah. Well, I think a good example of that is just the very first course before I joined. Um, oh, granted, yeah. I mean, you worked your ass off, you know, like you, you, we were on a budget. This was some little side gig that I was like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, buy this, buy, buy a new webcam. Like it was, it was nothing. It was like, you, you was probably made on, on a less than $500 budget. Yeah. Duct and, together. you know, it was just like, okay, zero production quality, zero editing, zero, you know, like and we did it good. was just you on your own with when the baby was asleep. Yeah. Um, I was at work doing, you know, 14 hour days and even through all the imperfections, even without it looking like a million bucks, um, you still created a name for yourself in the copywriting world. You, we, we still ended up, um, what, doing like, I don't remember, like 17,000 or something like that in sales in the first, first the first time you we launched so the first within like the first 48 hours yeah. or something like that. Um, I mean, you know, there was, we still got, you know, a thousand plus people on our email list. And that was before we ramped up production value that's before we had the dnc marketing personality sales system in place that's before i joined mm -hmm. not to say that i think i'm some you know big shit that that really amplifies everything but it does provide a secondary uh viewpoint mm -hmm. second vantage point that i think in my opinion anyways and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think i've helped the business i yeah. think i've i've given us at the least something different things to consider through my experience in, in corporate my experience in management and in sales and you know like i i i'm sorry go ahead no you definitely have where whereas i feel like if you look at like a business structure right the structure of a company up at the top someplace like apple they they call the top tiers like the visionary and the implementer right mm -hmm. the visionary is the idea person the one who can see it who knows exactly what needs to be done and they funnel those ideas to the implementer. The implementer builds those ideas out and sees how we can get them done and assigns tasks to the people who are actually going to perform them. So I think in our roles as heads of the company, you're very much the visionary and I feel like I am the implementer. I have the content. I, I know like a lot of the systems and a lot of the software that we use. I know the kind of people I want in order to do those jobs, but I can't see the production value. What you bring to the table is not only like all of your expertise and stuff that I hadn't had experience with that brings that personality sales system and pulled everything together that actually makes us DNC marketing. What you did was you brought the vision of what we could be when we were, when we become huge, right? That empire that we have, you bring that vision and now we can work toward that vision. Whereas what I had was like, I want to put my content out there and make money with it. Like that's the, that's the extent of my vision. That's right. not a vision though. Yeah. And then you've also got immense experience in training. So whereas I'm just like, this is the kind of person I want to do this job. Here's the information. Go. You're like, no, 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 no. Let's train them to do it the right way, the way we want it in our company. Yeah. Even if we hire an expert, that expert still needs to know how we do things in our company. Right. So like, I think we make a fantastic team. 
Well, thanks. And you've taught me so much. Yeah. I think we make a good team, too. Like I said, I mean, we certainly butt heads on certain things, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, at the end of the day, there's no one else I'd rather do the business with. So uh, I guess the whole point of this is that if you are scared of looking stupid in front of uh, the camera or on your podcast when you just start to rant about different things, even though it's not really the main topic point. All right, episode um, one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we got it out there. Exactly. Um, just, yeah, if if you're scared to, try your best to, to overcome that fear, get something out there, start creating content for those that are already following you, create new content that is appropriate for your business that those... For those that aren't following you so they can start to follow you mm-hmm. um that's something i think a lot of people this is for a different podcast but just a quick tip and then maybe we can talk about the next podcast more in depth but the way facebook and instagram and and all these you know places are working with their algorithms is they, they want to provide the user with value mm-hmm. right they want to have them give them a good experience so just because you put you know hashtag DIY on your post and it's a post of you um, you know visiting your great grandmother's burial site or something I don't know like I don't know maybe that was a weird example but like okay a birthday party it's your birthday 55 years old whatever yeah cool no one cares yeah I mean your follow and that that's where I want to distinguish this your followers care so take that picture go ahead and caption it up put whatever damn hashtags you want doesn't really matter because Instagram and them aren't going to put it in the same category normally as whatever you're trying to get it for, right? So let's just, as an example, say you're a, uh, you, you sell online courses like we do, right? Mm-hmm. If you did that and you put hashtag online marketing, uh, okay, great. It's going out to, you know, 15 million people are subscribed to that hashtag or whatever. So, okay, cool. But it doesn't mean your post about your birthday is going to be relatable to the people, the 15 million people. So your post is actually just going to kind of go away. Right. It's not really going to be seen by anybody. Because they don't know you. They don't care. But your followers know you, especially if you've done the work to really put yourself out there with them, get to know them, let them get to know you. Like, right. So that's when that matters. Yeah. So post that for your followers, your, your fans, because they already want to know more about you. But that picture, regardless of the hashtags, aren't going is not going to give you more followers yeah. i mean you might get onesies or twosies but we're not really in the business to get one follower right mm-hmm. we want to every day be getting tens or hundreds uh that way at the end of a you know of a, a customer lifetime value at the end of their customer life uh, for every one that drops off you get 10 others to join in right does that make sense yeah it's about progression about building your your company and your brand you don't want to stagnate and just get one unsubscribe one resubscribe one unsubscribe one you know you're never you're not growing i think i think a lot of what we put out too a lot of a lot of information you see out there is intimidating and so what i want to say and this is something that we also kind of butt on is things don't have to be perfect before you get started because especially in the beginning it's a learning process and you have to figure out your own journey as an entrepreneur and your own path to success because even if you follow somebody else's path to the T you're probably I'm gonna say 99% not gonna have the same experience not gonna experience the same success as them because completely different 
person, completely different experiences, completely different life, different resource. Like there's so much one in the background that you don't know about for other people's businesses. But two, if you don't get started, you can't learn and you can't grow. And there is a point when you can no longer like fake it till you make it. And you actually do need to start to polish and make things more perfect and more perfect and more beautiful and more higher production value. The higher you become as an entrepreneur, the more successful you become, the more thought you need to put into all of those little details. But to think that you have to have all that in place before you ever get started, you'll never, you'll never get started. That will stop you because you don't know enough to know what you don't know to fix to get to that point yet. I agree. I um, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to combat you to to for you to say that. You need to get started. The only thing I will say, and it's what I continue to say, is that you also only get one uh, first chance, mm-hmm. right? So first impression. Um, so you do want to put your best foot forward, and if that does mean having, you know, saving up to get a better camera if you need to, instead of trying to create a podcast with uh, some, you know, super shitty webcam or whatever, you know, like I think there's some value in waiting a few months to save up for that. Um, now timing is everything so you don't you also don't want to wait years just to save up for that camera so if you know like hey i'm not making any money like i'm saving literally five dollars a month if that hopefully uh i'm working you know i'm busting my ass but i'm making minimum wage whatever i can't serve i can barely survive off this and that's with help um i'm definitely not gonna buy a a two thousand dollar three thousand dollar you know dslr with with multiple lenses and stands and tripods and boom mics and like I can't afford to do that. Okay, but you want to start an online business? No, no problem. You're going to invest a lot of time because you don't have any money. Time versus money, right? Um, fine. Start it with the webcam. Start it with whatever mic you can possibly borrow from a friend. Uh, get on loan. Find at a at a garage sale. Find on your Facebook market feed and just you know to do whatever you possibly can. Even if, fuck it. Even if it's just your your iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. Like most people have smartphones, and they're gonna be decent quality. Like okay, I'm gonna shoot my my video on the webcam that's on my laptop, and I'm gonna use the audio that's on my iPhone to make it clearer. Or if you don't have an iPhone, or you know it's broken or whatever. And you just need to use the webcam in general. Okay. Do what Again, you can. Yeah, do what you not, do. not the best, but at least it's something. Yeah. But if you have the means to do it, you only get one first impression. Go ahead and do what you got to do um, to ensure that that's the best impression that you can get. Don't take the easy way. Take the right way. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, okay. So now that we've gone on like three different tangents... <laughs> I guess that's going to be the end of episode one. Uh, Next episode, tune in. We're going to talk a little bit about branding and the upcoming masterclass. Uh, Give you some nice little key takeaways and points. Um, And besides that, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.